Good afternoon, Tony G Nation. The last episode of season five, episode number 15 of season five. Uh, we got a very boring show planned today. I don't think we have any guests. We don't have any information. Uh, wrong. We have a very special guest to the Tony G show. We have him on. We try to about once per semester. That's right. And we, we have him on in our Thanksgiving episode of the Tony G show. Last episode of season five. Tony G Nation, give a, a warm welcome to our friend Jason Fonder. Jason, thanks for coming on again. I always enjoy when you come around. Let's do this, man. I'm excited. Yes. I'm yes. excited. It's a little different than the past time. We we talked uh, in the pre-show about this is your third or fourth, we think third time that you've been on the Tony G Show. Yep. This is the first time over Zoom. We're remote. We aren't live in, in SNC radio. But I mean, you know what? The, the quality of the content we discuss is going to be second to none regardless. So it doesn't even matter. And I think we talked about the fun it was to be in the theater, to, in the, in the studio together because I was doing, right. I was doing reads off of the board for yes. the other radio shows and that was super yep. fun. Yeah. I do, I do miss that. Uh, Cause yep. you know, being shoved in a broom closet with the two of you <laughs> and doing a, doing a radio show was pretty incredible. Yes. It was the pretty, gla- window pretty glamorous. Yeah. Yeah. It was. All that money I throw towards tuition for Sam Fonder being put <laughs> yeah. to good use by giving you guys a three by three space to shove yep. a couple people in was pretty great. That's correct. I mean, it, our, our broom closet fits fits plenty when the content is this good. That's right. <laughs> it just overflows with content, <laughs> yeah. oozing. This oozing, oozing of content. content. You open the door and it just oozes. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, we got a big episode today. We're going to talk a little bit of baseball. The, the Hall of Fame ballot that has come out, and then we're going to switch to football. Semi-finalists came out today, gold jacket stuff. We're going to be talking about NFL as well. And uh, fans, true fans of the Tony G Show know that our buddy Jason Fonder is a huge, a huge opposite side of uh, Troy Aikman, huge Troy Aikman critic. hater, critic. I, I hate Troy Aikman more than anyone loves Troy Aikman. Is that fair to say? (laughs) Yeah. And I say that not knowing if Troy Aikman's parents are alive or dead. (laughs) If they're alive, I still say I hate him more than they love him. More than anyone that much. Yeah, it's true. I'm of a certain age, you know. Yeah, and I'm of a certain age too, where like Aikman was the thorn in the Packers' side. You know that those Cowboy teams were were just like that hurdle that Favre couldn't get over for those years. So there's part of that, you know, obviously, but also that I just think he sucked. And I think that, like, I, it's just one of those hills I am completely willing to die on, that Troy Aikman mm-hmm. is the worst living Hall of Fame athlete in any sport ever. Yeah, And I am like, and, and, I, and I will not even listen to cross arguments about it. Mm-hmm. That's how bad I think he was. If you follow Jason Fonder at jfonder10 on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Good follow. It, it is you. a good follow. It is also riddled with uh, Troy Aikman hate on Thursday nights or <laughs> Sunday 3.30 games when Troy Aikman is on Fox doing a game with Joe Buck. Especially this Thursday, you were getting you were getting on Troy Aikman a little bit. I can't wait to get into that discussion. It's going to be a good uh, <laughs> Troy Aikman session. Yes. I mean, as well, it, it always is. The Yeah, my Twitter, you know, like I will definitely go at some people. You even saw Mark Melanson, the Atlanta Braves pitcher, actually discovered a tweet that I had sent. Yep. Uh, not even adding him. I just mentioned his name and the fact that I could get a hit off of him. I just said I could get a hit <laughs> off of Mark Melanson. I don't know if you guys have ever had a tweet like, like where it blows up to the point where people really hate you. Like, first of all, I have never had, it's my first time ever in my nearly 10 years on Twitter 
where I've had people go into my DMs. I was not aware that that was a thing. Like people really go at you. And I was super surprised because he's Mark Melanson of all people. I mean, Mark Melanson. I mean, Will, do you even know who Mark Melanson is? I feel like (laughs) you don't even know who he is. You have no idea, right? Nope. Oh my God. I got like, I'm just hearing wah, wah, wah right now. Yeah. I got like a hundred DMs over Mark Melanson. I mean, like he's some sort of American hero. It's crazy. What? It, it like, was also Adam Jones too. He responded to the Adam team. Jones. He got into it. Yeah. Because Adam he, Jones was defending him. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I just out of nowhere too. It, he, he popped I, up into the conversation out of the left field. Out of left field. It was one of those weird things where I was just, uh, I just, uh, you know, I've had like a handful of tweets blow up in my time. Like I usually have like a couple a year. Um, but that was the first one that was like really innocent too. Cause all, I mean, the tweet was literally, it just said, I could get a hit off of Mark Melanson. Yep. I didn't add him. I didn't hashtag it. I was literally watching the Dodgers beat the Braves and just like, I, just despondent because I don't like the Dodgers very much. And I didn't want Mookie to win a title yet because I'm not quite over him leaving the Red Sox. <laughs> and it was all that kind of stuff. And I was just like watching a couple guys get hits off of Mark Melanson. And by the way, if like everybody in my fantasy baseball league knows, I've been a Mark Melanson owner and supporter for so many years but I was literally just frustrated. And that's all I did. And Mark Melanson just like quote tweeted me. And all of a sudden it's like, kaboom, man. Like really. How many many likes were on that tweet or like, like responses to it, I guess. Well, I got, I got close to a hundred DMS alone and it was a couple hundred responses to the tweet and stuff. And the funny thing is, is like Sam, Sam made a video of like my face over the top of Barry Bonds face, hitting a jack off of uh, Mark Melanson, which was pretty funny. Cause I kind of, I decided to lean into it. I decided to be like, you know what? I'm going to lean into this because if Melanson really wants to try to strike me out, I'm all game for it. Like if he really wants to like suit up and try to get a 48 year old out on three pitches, because by the way, I'm telling you, I can get a hit off of Mark Melanson. I have no doubt. In my I believe mind. it. Yep. Yeah, to- Tony has seen me hit off of, uh, off of pitching machines and stuff like that. I can do it. I can, I can yep, hit 90. You could, that would be a Tony G show special. I don't care. We would be there covering it from oh, morning sure. till night. I mean, yeah. we would have that all day long. I, you know, if Mark Melanson uh, wasn't scared, I'm sure we could make that happen. But, you know, I guess he's I guess he's over it now. Scared, yeah, yeah, whatever. He's, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> I, yeah, he's gone. That's a good – this is a good uh, transition. This is a good segue into our first segment here. Uh, we're going to be talking baseball, Hall of Fame ballot. I don't know if you have yeah. the Hall of Fame ballot up there, Jason, but a couple interesting names. We've talked about it before, some of the returners. Uh, let's talk about the first-timers before we get into the returners. A couple of first-timers, Mark Burley, a lot of people like him, A.J. Burnett, Michael Kadire, Dan Heron, Latroy Hawkins, former Brewer, Tim Hudson, Tory Hunter, Ramos Ramirez, former Brewer, Nick Swisher, Shane Victorino, former Red, Red Sox, and Barry Zito. So uh, let's get into the first-timers. What do you think? Who do you like? Who don't you like? What's Jason you know, Fonder say? Well, first, it's not a great ballot. Like, it's, it's, a, weird, it's a weird ballot for sure. Um, you know, I will say like of all the guys on the ballot, and I'm not saying anybody that's a first timer deserves to go in. I, I don't know that there is anybody on that ballot that's like, that's even ever going to get in. Um, right. I think you said Burley. Burley, you can make a case for, but boy, when you dig into Burley's numbers, they're not great. Um, he's a bit of a compiler, you know, where he put up a lot of stats over time. Yeah. The guy I would have thought on that list, like if you'd have asked me in like 2006, you know, about some of those guys, like, um, Huddy was up there. Tim Hudson was really quite good um, for a number of years. 
yeah. I believe he finished. Yeah, it looks like he finished Cy Young uh, top ten three times, three or four times. And so that's where Burley kind of falls short. Like if you really dig into Burley's numbers, it's only 214 wins. It's not a ton of wins. Um, I think he's got the one World Series with the White Sox, um, which is good. But he only has one top five finish in a Cy Young Award, one ever. And I don't, I don't know that that's enough to get you get you in the hall. I mean, he doesn't have like that those career playoff stats. He kind of was a journeyman at the end of his White Sox career. He had to go to Miami for a year and pitch in purgatory down there. Go to Toronto for a few <laughs> years and disappear. You know, it's funny because he retired at 36 and he didn't throw any harder at 36 than he did at 26 or softer, yeah. you know, so he almost could have stuck around for three or four years and really put up enough stats to, to get him there. But, you know, the guy to kind of look at ahead of him on the ballot is Pettit because uh, Pettit's a third year guy. Yeah. And they, they're almost identical, you know, except that Pettit has a pile of world series wins. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know any of those first timers. I mean, Tory Hunter, I think, you I was going to ask you about him. Yeah, he's got he's got like decent stats, but it's not like, I mean, I don't think he's got Sheffield stats, right? Three hundred fifty three home runs doesn't get you in, right? Um, a lot of people four hundred hits. I don't know. I, I think a lot of people point to the nine time Gold Glove as it's, like, yeah, that's very impressive. But you know, the offensive stats do, are they Hall of Fame worry, worthy to to pair with a nine time Gold Glove or? I mean, you can't just let someone in on gold gloves alone. So Right. Because you take the gold gloves, right? You take, so you, you, let's just take that as like one of the stats you look at, right? But you throw yeah. out Sheffield. Sheffield's got 150 more home runs. He batted 20 points higher. He had 125 more hits and he finished an MVP voting top 10 five times. I mean, that's right. a ton. And I mean, sure, was he steroided up? Well, yeah, but. Like, so was everybody else from 1988 yeah. to 2000. Most of them back then, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we're kind of getting to that point with the rest of the ballot where you have to consider all those guys. And I mean, Sheffield is the better player than Torrey Hunter. So if Sheffield's not getting in, Torrey Hunter's not getting in. And you can say Hunter did it clean, and maybe that's like, you know, your argument. But there's going to be yeah. better guys coming along that are better players than than Hunter. Right. Um, I don't know, but you're, I mean, he's got some spectacular, spectacular catches, the gold glove thing. Cause that's going to be part of the argument for Omar Vizquel too. Right. Like is, yeah. do you look at how, how closely do you really look at defense? Um, Cause you know, Vizquel was not a very good hitter and he's probably on the cusp of getting in. Right. Um, right. You know, I mean, I guess he did compile hits cause he played until he was my age for God's sake. He played until he's 45, <laughs> right. He played through yeah. 45. Yep. Um, that, that can get you to 2,800 hits in a hurry because you can do that averaging like 120 hits a year. But I feel like I, Latroy Hawkins did that too. He was up there <laughs> in age. He was like forever. 43, 44. That's a little – I think that's also a case of stat compiling. Was it over 20 years or was it 19 for Latroy? Well, um, Hawkins is, is literally my age. He's 48. Like he's, oh. he's, he's literally like as old as I am to tell you how long he played. So he played forever. Right. Um, and his stats just aren't, I mean, he just didn't do any one thing. He's got more losses than wins. Um, he's got 127 saves and you got, you know, Wagner is sitting out there um, for hall of fame uh, consideration and he's getting 30% of the vote and he had, right. he had over 400 career saves. So, you know, if he's not, it's, it's, it's the argument. It's the same argument for Hunter is if, if Wagner's not getting in, then there's no way that, that somebody like, like Hawkins could even get it. I don't, I don't, I think Hawkins, Kadir, Swisher, Burnett, uh, Victorino, Aramis Ramirez, 
Dan Heron. I think they all fall off the ballot. Yeah. I, I, I think agree. Hudson, Hudson Burley, Hunter Zito might get one more look. You like, like Barry might, Zito. Well, Barry Zito was amazing. I mean, he was fun sure. to watch, right? And also, sure. he's, a, he's a, just a weird dude, too. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he, like he wore number 75 because he said it was a shelf for his last name. So the name Zito would sit on a shelf because the number seven and five across the back of your jersey. <laughs> I mean, how weird, right? Just a weird yeah. dude. Um, and in his prime, he was really good. I mean, Zito, prime Zito was was pretty great. The, those two years where he went 40 and 13 over those two years was pretty good years. Right, of course. Yeah, finishing the MVP voting and played for some terrible baseball teams back then, and you know, uh, was good enough to pitch them, pitch them into some places. And I think he just has enough love that somebody might give him some votes, but he doesn't even have 200 career wins. I don't know how he gets there. Right. right. I think I think a lot. I think almost all these guys fall off. It's a really bad ballot. You know, it's just a bad ballot. I think it. I think it's just a random throw of guys, especially like a Nick Swisher (laughs) and. And AJ Burnett, I just don't feel like these names have that much weight to them to be Hall of Famer worthy. Uh, let me ask you specifically what we think here. Ninth year on the ballot for Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens, and Barry Bonds. Is this the year or? You know, I heard, I saw somebody, somebody out there tweeted something like, this is the year to put all the scumbags in. Like, just mm. do it. Just everybody all at once, right? Just right. Schilling, Clemens, Bonds, Manny, Sosa, just be done with it. Just, just throw them all together. Right? Just get it over with. Yep. Yeah, just get it over with, right? Because they're all, you know, and, and Schilling was what, my guy. Like, he played for my team. I loved him. He's just just the worst. Like, the guy's the worst, you know? And it, But he has to go in. Like, his, you know, his, he's got a career war pushing 80. His playoff numbers were spectacular. Um, you know, he's really, he's really just one of those, just one of those guys. Like, you, you can't really... I don't see how you can pass him up. So I think Schilling gets in. I think he gets in this year. Um, yep. Based on the really bad ballot, this could be the year for Clemens and Bonds. Like, yeah, because you have to say at some point, right, that they have to get in. Like, they have mm-hmm. to get in. I mean, I get it's the all, steroid all, argument, but it's like, man, they got to get in. And it's also the ninth year for Sammy Sosa, I want to add. I missed him in that first. And this will go around to the ninth years on the ballot. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you feel like if one's going to fall – then they're all going to fall right behind him. So it's uh, time's running out for him, though. I mean, yeah, ninth year on the ballot, you, you can't stay on it forever. So it's, is it ten years or fifteen years now? I can't remember what the total length is. I think it's ten years, right? That you I remember it being being ten. Yep. You know, Schilling gets in wow. probably in the uh, he gets in in the the uh, players committee if he doesn't get in this year. I think they'll send right. him in, but Clemens and Bonds won't get in in the players yep. committee because they're looked at the, you know, I guess they look, they're looked at differently than Sosa because Sosa basically got caught, right? Like that's the, that's the yeah. major difference, right? He's never apologized for it. He got caught. Same thing with Manny Ramirez, who's the greatest hitter, you know, it, the greatest right-handed hitter probably besides pools in baseball history. And he was just, just used a lot of steroids and he yep. got caught doing it, you know? And, and so he probably, doesn't get in even in the veteran committee. I don't know what you do with those guys, you know, like yeah. it, it's really hard, but like I said, I think it's a, it's kind of the, the year to kind of throw them all in. And I, I guess I think Schilling gets in for sure. I, I just have a feeling that, that this is the year for Clemens and bonds too. And that might be it. That, that might be all of them. I do. I will say like, if you're going to put, cause Trevor, Trevor Hoffman's in the hall of fame, right? Yes, he is. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think I thought he was a terrible relief pitcher. I thought he just played on some real mediocre teams and got a ton of uh, appearances against bad baseball teams, and that really sure. elevated him. Like uh, in his prime, Billy Wagner is a much better pitcher. Billy Wagner was way better than 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 he than than somebody like Trevor Hoffman ever even dreamed of being. Um, so if Hoffman's in, like to me, like the argument that's the argument for Wags. I mean, Wags. 1997, 23 saves, 30 saves, 39 saves. He was hurt, had mm-hmm. six, came back 39, 35, 44, 21, was hurt 38, 40, 34, 27. That's a run. Yeah. I mean, that's a real run and finished up with 37 and then retired. You know, even in his last, so you got all those, um, all, you know, that run is being just a, a maniac of a closer and a relatively small yes. guy, too, you know, 5'10. Buck sixty, like he was a small dude through fire. I, I love Billy Wagner. It, the hard part is that his uh, his WAR numbers just won't show it. You know, those WAR numbers just don't because relief pitchers just don't get a lot of credit. Um, right, I thought, right. I mean, he was he was a pretty special pitcher in his day. And I'd like to see him get in, but I I doubt it. I doubt it for him. And I uh, I don't mean to beat a dead horse here, but I think like I don't. I'm not a huge baseball fan. I never have been, but I I enjoy baseball and I enjoy watching it. I think they should make a separate category for the Hall of Fame. Like, yeah, they're really good, but they cheated. Because <laughs> I'm, you know, oh, there's yeah. a lot. You know, you'll hear that from a lot of the players. Um, you know that that are in the Hall is that they all kind of say they should be in, but it should be on their plaque. You know that there should be like mm-hmm. a, whether it be an asterisk or it be like a, you know, if you ever if you guys have ever never been to the Hall of Fame, the Hall that that part of the Hall of Fame, the plaques is literally, um, like a like a. It is, it is a hallway with the plaques on either side, you know, where it mm. lines the hallway. And I think it was Johnny Bench that said, like, put them around the corner. You know what I mean? Like, kind of put them in their own thing. But then it gets into the, it's a really good idea, Will. The problem gets into, like, where do you, do you, do you have a separate wing for the racists and a separate wing mm. for, the, for the drug users? Mm-hmm. Is there one for these, the people that abuse their spouses? Is there a wing for, you know, like, like Schilling who, um, you know, like retweets white supremacists who cost the taxpayers of Massachusetts millions of dollars with bad business deals. Like, where? How do you? You know what I mean? Like, how? how what right. are the logistics of that? Yeah. Like, you know, right. and who determines good guy, bad guy? Right? It's, you know, mm-hmm. OJ Simpson's in the Hall of Fame. Like, you can't take yeah. him out. You know what I mean? Like, you can't. You don't like remove the plaque. Like, it still sits in there. So I don't. That's the real. The real hard part. I don't disagree with you. Like there almost mm-hmm. should be something denoting it, but where do, where do you draw the line? Right. That but, line is, it's really undefined. That's the, the yeah. hard part. I think yeah. if you're going to draw the line, then you need to for everything, like you said, but then there's also that current counter argument, right? That a hall of fame is just a tribute to players who have made the game special and famous mm-hmm. and popular. And that was a Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa and a Mark McGuire type of thing. And sure. Do they all do steroids? Yeah, most likely. Did they all get caught? No, but I mean, they made the game popular, especially at a time, the Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa thing. Sosa when McGuire saved baseball, man. They saved when baseball. they saved baseball after the, after the strike and, and baseball was losing popularity at a, at a rate that was very dangerous. So yep. there is that argument that the hall of fame is just a tribute to everyone who made the game, what it is for all sports, let alone baseball. Agree. And that's where you get to the, like, you should, maybe the flip side of that will is you put like, you take the character clause out. Like you just say, this is about 
their playing careers and that's it. And you just say character truly doesn't matter. Like that, that is mm-hmm. the only way I can see. And then you can put some of these guys in and we're not going to get into the character clause kind of stuff. Cause that's where I think it just gets too dicey. Right. And like, like Tony and I had experienced, I think it was our freshman year. I mean, there was no proof of it, but it certainly the stats kind of showed that maybe there were some juiced balls in the league. And it's like, huh? is that, you know, sure. back when we're, 50 are we gonna be talking about that being like should these guys be in the hall of fame because the the equipment they used allowed them to to perform better you know like so that you know i kind of agree with you guys and maybe it's just it should be dedicated towards who made the game special not well not just who made the game special but who was a good player too but it's more broad with the special maybe it's just numbers you know it's just like hey this is these are the numbers that get you in the hall of fame i mean Mm -hmm. kind of you know james lofton played here for years and he wasn't a good dude you know like some of the stuff that he he did he's in the hall of fame like the, mm-hmm. like football somehow kind of gotten around it um but at the same time like football like you get busted for steroids you get a four game suspension and nobody even cares like they don't even bat an eye right. like you just move on right. with your life you get four games and you keep going baseball just has that black mark because numbers matter in baseball like three thousand hits matters 300 wins 500 home runs, you know, all that, yeah. like it's numbers, right? Like everybody yes. knows the numbers, but like, if I told, if I said, you know, what is it? Tom Brady is the all-time career leader in, in uh, touchdown passes. Do you know how many he's thrown? I don't, I have no 594, idea. Is it really? No. Something no. like that. It's five, over five. 60 something. Cause him and Drew Brees are going back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, like generally speaking, like, do you know how many, do you remember how many far through or how many manning no. through? I don't remember. I know they're no. up there. So you don't care about that number as much like the numbers of football, right? Uh, because you, you accept that football just evolves. Baseball just is the same. It's the same. So I think numbers matter and that's where it's, it gets kind of weird. Yeah. That's a good point. And I think this is a good transition point uh, from baseball to football, talking about the both, both of their hall of fames and both of uh some of the categories, some of the qualifications to get in the pro football hall of fame class of 2021, the gold jacket semifinalists. We're going to open it up for you, Jason Fonder. A lot of names on this list. It's a very good list. A lot of memories within this list for all Mm -hmm. of football fans. I'm sure, especially you. So, uh, names you guys like, too. Names this you is like, like the you guys are getting to that point now in yes. your that you're starting to see guys that you remember like in their yep. prime like prime prime guys and that's cool right like it's it's kind of fun because it's like it's not like hall of fame guys like that that somebody has to tell you about like you saw you know prime peyton manning and and you know some of these guys uh, that were in their in their kind of heart of their careers, Charles Woodson, you guys, because as Packer guys growing up in green Bay, right. Woodson was, Vividly. you guys were 10 years old when they won the super bowl. It's a yep. big deal. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, same thing like with uh, Kelvin Johnson in the division. We've seen him play. Yeah. I remember watching him on the Monday night game when he broke the records. I mean, the guy is there. You're right. A lot of memories with on this list. Yeah. So there's some great names. I think, I mean, of that list, you know, the, the kind of who gets it Manning is first, first ballot guy, right? Like he For goes sure, like, yeah. automatic has to be. Um, but Fred Taylor, Fred Taylor was a great player. He was one of those guys, like when I first, when you'd go like to fantasy football drafts in like 2002, Fred Taylor was always a first round pick, just so you know, Fred Taylor was that guy. And he just never, he just never panned out. Like he just never got over the hump, but he was like the guy that everybody thought was going to be the next, uh, the next like, uh, Emmett Smith kind of guy. Um, I think, I think the Woodsons get in. I think both Charles and Darren Woodson get in. Uh, Charles Woodson was just a great player and played for yeah. a long time too and put up numbers. Um, I think Kelvin Johnson gets in. 
Tony Baselli is a name on this list that it gets to something the three of us talked about last week when we were kind of doing the pod before the pod, which was, you know, we were, we're throwing out the ideas for, for the show. And, and we were saying, I, I think I threw out there, like, why isn't a left tackle ever been considered for MVP? Yeah. Like, you know, these, cause yeah. there's, you know, look at, look at the money that, that uh, Bakhtiari is getting. It's a ton of money. And Tony Baselli was like, he was a mountain. He was an absolute horse of a man and injuries kind of kept him back um, from, you know, from what he could have done even more, but he was like the prototype. Baselli probably deserves to be in. And it's one of those oh, offensive okay. linemen that he probably, he probably should get in. Um, those are really the, on the list. I see uh, Clay Matthews dad is on the list still. Uh, I think he's, he's got to be around the end of his time for, for popping up on the list. Uh, there's some interesting names. John Lynch pops up. He yeah, was a really good names. safety. I mean, Packer fans want Leroy Butler in. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of them. I, do. I hate to be that guy, but Butler's not a Hall of Famer, man. I mean, logically, logically speaking, I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah. He was a good player. He was a really good player, and he he benefited from what it was like to have. Like you guys, you guys watched like Aaron Donald last night. Like totally change a football game. Mm-hmm. And he does it every week. I mean, that, that was Reggie White. Like, I mean, that was Reggie, Reggie White changed football games. Like, you know, sitting in Lambeau, like you just, you, you feel like you, it was almost like you could feel it coming. It was like that, you know, like a, like an Aaron Judge at bat or whatever, you know, like those kind of things. Like it was a moment, like you always knew Reggie White was going to make a difference. And that, that helped, um, that helped Butler a ton. He had a great safety next to him. Speaking of like horrible people, uh, Darren yes. Sharper. Darren Sharper was a great safety, awful human being, and a great yep. football player. Maybe one of the worst human beings on the face of the earth. But in could, prison now. Yep. Yeah, but dude could play safety, and mm-hmm. they had yep. good corners back then. Uh, T. Buck, notwithstanding, but they had some like really good football players, and it was different, you know. So he doesn't deserve to be in, but Packer fans, they just believe in their heart of hearts. The 36 should be in the hall. I get it. Sure. But he doesn't deserve it. What about uh, Rondé Barber, cornerback for the uh, Buccaneers? I think he's a Ooh, kind like of a name. sleeper because he was a really good player. He was a great player. He played for a long time, too. Like, he really hung around for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. another guy that's going to get, you know, Will, that, that's another guy that was on a great defense, though. And that'll True. be – you know, similar to Reggie and to like Donald of today is Warren Sapp was a bit of a game changer. He had Lynch with him too. You know, so I don't know how one gets in without the other. Like Lynch and Barber right. are like, you know, they were neck, they, they were, they were, they needed each other in that defense, but they had some linebackers too. I and mean, those Tampa Bay Buccaneer teams could flat out play. Mm-hmm. I went to the, the year the Packers won the Super Bowl with, uh, with Favre, I actually went to Tampa Bay for the opener. Uh, so 24 years ago or whatever, and Green Bay beat the holy hell out of them. <laughs> it was 35 to three at halftime. Wow. And it was hundred degrees. It was so hot. And I'll never forget because it was 35 to three and coming out at, at so it's halftime, 35 to three. Favre had five touchdowns in the first half through all five to tight ends, by the way, through all five to tight ends. Wow. And, uh, they're coming out in the second half, you know, they run out of the tunnel and the jumbotron showed Hardy Nickers, Hardy Nickerson, who was a linebacker uh, for Tampa Bay. And it was his birthday and they showed him on the jumbotron and they got like, they wanted the fans to sing happy birthday. Like they did like the birthday song on the whatever. Oh. And 
by then it's a hundred degrees. So every Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan has left and you have 30,000 Green Bay Packer fans <laughs> start singing the most mocking version of happy yep. birthday you've ever heard in your life. And I'll never forget how bad I felt for Hardy Nickerson. So it had been like September 4th or 5th of uh, 1997 or 96, wow. whatever it was. Good memory. It was, it was uh, I got married a year later to the day. That's how I remember it was like oh. one year later. So um, yeah, so it was, it, was a, it, was, it was a fun trip to go see the Packers. It was really my first experience seeing Green Bay uh, play on the road where it was like a home game because it was still mm. it was that was relatively new back then like it wasn't like now yep. it's kind of like expected like you go to a place like even indianapolis this last week like it looked like twelve thousand packer fans were there yep. um it's pretty it's pretty expected now but back then it wasn't so it was just a, it was a real different feel it was super fun um plus they were just a really good team back then too but yeah yeah i, I ask know. you can I ask you about a name on this list that I see I, I have picked out here? I, I think it could go either way. Speaking of game changers, you talk about the Reggie White changing a game. What do you think of Jared Allen? Because he was a game changer for a couple of years there, but it seemed like he was always he always had an injury or he was never consistent with it. But he could change games too at a, at a pretty impressive rate. You know, really right, and it, it for for a, a, several years because he played. Where did he play before? Did he play Kansas City? Is that where he came from before he went to Minnesota? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was yep. really a good football player back then. 136 career sacks. It's uh, yeah. a lot. I mean, it's a lot of career The record's sacks. 200, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, he made a bunch of all pro teams. Um, boy, he was a, he was a good football player. I don't know that he was ever like, he never won a Super Bowl, so nope. he never had like that kind of year. You know what I mean? Like he never had like that kind of year where he threw a team up on his back. He did have a 22 sack year. That's a lot of sacks, you guys. That is a lot of sacks for a season. It's one Boy. one shy of the record. Did you, point? did you look at his stats? I never realized this. There's yeah, a run in impressive. there of sacks that went 15 and a half, 14 and a half, 14 and a half, <laughs> 11, 22, 12, 11 and a half. That's crazy, right? <laughs> yep, over 10 every year. Wow, that is a crazy run of It's sacks. a game wrecker. Yeah, I don't think I knew that. I think I knew that he would, you know, I, I, I remember him having a really good career, but um, boy, that's a really good career. That's a that's quite a good career. I just, so I don't know. I mean, he's 12th all-time in sacks. Yeah. Guys ahead of him, Bruce Smith, Hall of Fame, Reggie White, Hall of Fame, Kevin Green, Hall of Fame. Julius Peppers, fourth all-time in sacks. Yeah. Boy, I wouldn't have guessed that, huh? He's not he's not eligible for a ballot oh, yeah. just yet. He's a couple of years, yeah. Chris Dolman, Hall of Fame, way. Michael Strahan, Hall of Fame, Jason Taylor, Hall of Fame, Terrell Suggs was a player. Demarcus Ware. Eh. Richard Dent was a great player, Hall of Fame. John Randall, Hall of Fame. So everybody in front of him is a Hall of Famer except for Ware, Suggs, and Peppers. And I think yep. I think Peppers gets in. Right, mm -hmm. 160 sacks. Yeah, he gets in. Suggs gets in. Right, Terrell mm -hmm. Suggs, two yes. Super Bowl championships. I think maybe a Defensive Player of the Year uh, in there. Suggs is a weird one for me, or not Suggs. Uh, uh, um, Demarcus Ware, because Demarcus Ware seemed like mm -hmm. a compiler. Right, he seemed like a, yes. just a guy that just put up he's, stats. With. He's not a Hall of Famer. Not no, even close. No, so. So if he's if he's not close, do you still think Jared Allen's close? 
that's where it's like ah, that's what do you have his numbers up right now i'm just curious like what his tackles were like what do you about averages just because well i mean so here's here's a stat for you jared allen had 171 tackles for a loss wow oh, yeah that's okay lot. that's, that's a lot. yeah i'm sure you know 228 qb hits uh four safeties like he had some he put up some numbers uh, but five-time pro bowl four-time all pro team and that's pretty good um demarcus Ware though is a nine-time pro bowl four-time all pro one-time super bowl champ and he is on the all 2000s team and if we're saying Ware's not in i don't think jared allen's in yeah and mm, something something tony and i talked about before too and like we understand that football is a team sport and that, you know, being in the hall of fame is kind of usually based on individual stats, but the fact that Jared Allen wasn't historically a winner, does that play a role into this too? I mean, I know he was a good player and he played on some good teams, yeah. but he wasn't a, on a dominant team. Don't you think, I think if he wins, I think if the Vikings win a super bowl that year, he had 22 sacks, he probably ends up with defensive player of the year. Right. And he probably, <laughs> at the same time, the dude is also cursed, right? Like he has to face, because he ends up dead center in the Favre Rogers eras. Yeah. Yep. yep 2004 to 2015. Like, imagine a worse time to be in the in the uh, <laughs> NFC North, right? Like, I mean, is that is, it, is there possibly a worse time? Like, what could you say? Like 97, 98. Let's say you get Favre in 97. But it's still, I think this is worse because you get the prime yeah. of both guys, yeah. and you end up getting one of the guys on your team as a teammate too. So. I don't. I don't know. I don't think he gets in. I, I would. Right. I don't think he gets in. You're right, though. He was a game changer, but, um, you know, he's just a. He's just such a similar player to guys that we've seen before. Um, I don't know. You know, like so, JJ Watt's a lot like him too. I, mm-hmm, I think Watt, right. Watt probably gets in, but uh, yeah, he, he probably gets in. I don't think he'll ever win a Super Bowl, especially if he stays in Houston. But he'll probably get in. <laughs> I don't think he'll ever win a Super Bowl. No, I don't think you'll ever see that. That's no. a terrible football team. Texans are a yes. terrible football team. They are. Yep. <laughs> Horribly in the front office as well. On-field play, but front office as well is just oh, a mess. All what around a train wreck. Poor J.J. Watt. And his brother Correct. just ends up in like the mecca of pro football. Just playing on yep. the 10 yeah, and no OT. Kidding. Just ends yep. up with the greatest you know, possible place you can end up playing football right now. Um, poor J.J. Watt. So can I ask you, we, we've uh, a couple more questions here before we move yeah. on. Uh, we talk about Hall of Famer being a team sport. So let me ask you about this player in particular. If Peyton Manning gets in, does Reggie Wayne get in? Reggie Wayne? No. No, Reggie, no. Wayne, Reggie Wayne's a really good player, but um, the, the threshold for wide receiver in the NFL Hall of Fame is so high. It took yeah. Chris Carter for ever to get in and chris carter was a way better player than reggie wayne was um no i no i mean reggie and again it's like no it's not even a slam on him like reggie wayne probably put up ter- terrific stats but yep. he had he had really good players with him i mean and, and he also played in a prime time of like throwing the football too right like i mean like he literally comes around at the time where you know, so he made one first team all pro team one ever. Yep. He's 10th all time with receptions, which is, it's great. But like, again, like he's, I mean, look at the guys on the list ahead of him. Rice is in, Fitzgerald's in, uh, Gonzalez is in, Witten will get in, Marvin Harrison. Oh, cause he had Harrison, right? 
He had Marvin Harrison yep. as a teammate, yep. and he had T.Y. Hilton as a teammate. Yeah. So he ends up kind of being the other guy, right? Like he ends up being the other guy. And I don't know that he ever gets in because you no, know, he's got Anquan Bolden ahead of him by six receptions. They played hey. the same amount of seasons, like two the season. And Anquan Bolden's not a Hall of Famer, right? Correct. Yeah. I Andre, Andre Johnson, he's not a Hall of Famer. No, uh, nope. Steve Smith. Mm, oh, I don't think so. I, I, I would like below that, him but no. On the list. Yeah. yeah. Heinz Ward below him on the list. Heinz Ward's on the list. Who's the next guy I'm going to ask you about? Four-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champ. Is this the same threshold? I mean, you said it's a high standard. Does he get in? I I think you're going to see a big, like, receiver, wide receiver becomes like third baseman in the Hall of Fame. There's just not going to be a lot of them because I think the threshold's just too hard. I think, like, because Torrey Holt was, like, in a 10-year period of time, I saw he's on the list. Torrey Holt was freaking awesome in those 10 years. Like, he he was a witch. That dude was a witch. Um, but he's not getting in, right? Like for receiver, you have to put up huge numbers to get in. I mean, look at the drama around uh, getting Terrell Owens in, getting Chris yeah. Carter. I mean, Chris Carter, sixth all time in receptions, and he played in the 80s. And he yeah. took him all those years to get in the hall. Yep. Way better player than these guys. Because you're going to start to see a lot of stat compilers kind of jump. I mean, Wes Welker's 22 on the list, you guys. Like you're starting to see a lot of guys that just had ended up with a lot of receptions because yeah. they played with prolific quarterbacks that are going to start popping up that are just going to start climbing the list. Um, who's next? Like Antonio Brown. I mean, I don't know if I consider him a Hall of Famer. He's 26th all time. Julio Jones is 29th all time. Julio Jones. I'm sure Michael Julio Jones is going to end up, up in the top. Too. Who is? Michael Thomas with receptions. I'm sure he's going to climb up. He gets the ball every play when he's healthy. Yeah, if, if he stays healthy, he's actually pretty far down the list because um, really? he hasn't played very long. Yeah, I mean, he, hasn't, right. he just yeah. hasn't played a very long time, but he'll, he'll sure get there eventually. Off. Yeah, well, he's only played – I mean, so, oh, my God, he's played five years and he's got 500 receptions. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's coming. Yeah, because I think you, you close up – you know he has less receptions than, Devo, than uh, Devontae Adams? That's interesting, isn't it? Wow, okay. Yeah, that, that is interesting. And do you guys think Johnson's – no question, just because of his dominance. I mean, he's he's thirty first in receiving yards in all time. I mean, he's not like he's not way up on this list like we were just kind of saying. Do you think he was just so dominant in the short period of time he played that it's just like no brainer? Calvin Johnson's getting in. Hmm. Calvin Johnson was. I mean, to your to both of your points, like he was a game changer that retired early. Like he was because yep. he could still be playing. Like he is oh, you know, yes. he, right. He's thirty five years old. I mean, he he literally should still be playing he retired at 30 um i don't think he retires at 30 if he if he isn't in detroit if he's somewhere competitive he still plays shocking to me that he never came out of retirement i think that's i mean absolutely stunning he still could still could yeah 135 games and 730 receptions think about how insane that is unbelievable that one year 2012 that might be the greatest year in a receiver like a receiver's ever had, right? Oh, for sure. 122 receptions, 1,964 yards. He only scored five touchdowns that year. How ridiculously bad was that football team? Like it just say, it says how good they were. But it also says, shows that they're always behind too because that's the argument you could make yep. is that they were always losing. Um, so because they were always losing, they always had to throw the ball. And I mean, can you even name a receiver that was on the other side of him that wasn't terrible? Like, I mean, he played up some bad football teams, you guys. I think yeah. he gets it just because he was, it's a little bit like Terrell Davis, the guy from that you guys never saw play, but I saw from 
the Broncos. Um, that was just a game, he was just a game changer of a, a running back. He just played a short career. And right. You know, he got in. The stats so, on that team, by the way, you should never pull up the stats for that team because it actually makes <laughs> really sad for for Kelvin Johnson. Yeah, oh, my God. He caught 122 footballs. The next highest guy on that team was a guy named Brandon Pettigrew. Do you remember Brandon uh, Pettigrew? I remember that I remember that name. the name. I remember the name. Oh, my God. Brandon Pettigrew. Is he uh, a Hall of Famer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, I mean, they had some really weird receivers. Nate Burleson caught 27 yes. balls on that team. Titus Young caught 33. Uh, Tony Scheffler caught 42. What a terrible football team. Yikes. Who's their tight end in those Zikes. years? I don't even know. Well, that was Pettigrew. Pettigrew was the big tight end. Pettigrew was the tight end. Oh. Yeah, Pettigrew, Will Heller, uh, who I never heard of. Um, <laughs> boy, they were bad. You guys they were really bad. Matt Stafford caught a pass that year. Drop, one of course, one reception. That's amazing. <laughs> so of this list, who – I want to ask you, I want to open it up to you again. Who is your favorite to watch? I mean, who – who do you have memories of? I mean, obviously there's a Peyton Manning's and some pretty impressive names here, but Jason Fonder in particular, who do you have memories of watching on this list? Uh, let's see. Cause, I, Cause Peyton Manning's the obvious one, right? Like that's because sure. he, he had some great games, you know? So I'm going to, there is, <laughs> I'm going to say my favorite guy out of anybody on that list to watch play is probably Wood, Charles Woodson. Cause Charles Woodson was super fun. But if I have one memory of any guy on that list, it is, am I right? It is the Rogers Hail Mary touchdown to beat Detroit. And they pan to the Detroit sideline and it's Kelvin Johnson collapsing. Do you guys remember this? You can see it in like GIF format. Like he is in front of like next to Matthew Stafford when the reception happens and they just have like a video of him just crumbling to the ground. Like he just goes boom and drops like straight <laughs> down. And I would say of anybody, that is my favorite memory of anybody on that entire list. Like I'll never forget it. Just like how it's bone like, crushing it was to get Aaron Rodgers one more time. It's the picture perfect gift to oh. Johnson's career in Detroit. I mean, perfect. It's it is the entire situation. It's just who, who, who Detroit is. I don't know if you guys remember. It is a video that is definitely like worth like looking up, you guys, because it is so good. I'm uh, watching it now. Are you really? Did you were you able yeah. to find it? <laughs> yeah. It is so great because it's just yeah. like it may be the greatest like like of all uh, uh, videos from like the Detroit Lions era. Just like him crumbling to the ground, you can actually see it. Oh, because it's it's Stafford tosses his hat right. Stafford throws his hat, and then Kelvin Johnson falls to the ground. Like that's how it works. <laughs> So I think it, I, uh, Tony, I'll see if I can find it for you because it is definitely okay. Worth. Okay, I hope it's, it is definitely worth everything you could possibly imagine. I might not remember because when it happened, I was lying down in bed. It was a Thursday night game, and I had school the next morning, so I was lying down and getting ready for bed. And I jumped up when it happened, and I ran into my mother's room and told her what happened. Turned on her TV, and I said, "Look at this." So I, it could be. Um, I that. sent it to you in the notes field because I want live reaction because it's actually somebody actually put it into the Mario, like him going down the Mario tube. Like, that <laughs> is how perfect the reaction was. Okay, like, let me put that... it into the search bar. <laughs> it's everything. It's everything you could hope for. Like he just fell down. He just fell down. And it was just <laughs> like to me, that is like, that is the Detroit cover of every, uh. everything you could possibly imagine that Aaron Rodgers has done to the Detroit Lions. 
Like that is, it is. The oh, most- he was still in uniform. Oh, it happened. It was the touchdown pass. It was like the bomb that was caught by uh, uh, what? Gosh, I don't even remember whoever the tight end was. Like the Richard Rogers. It. Yeah, Richard Rogers. that caught it in the end zone, and that was that was like the reaction. Like the live reaction was literally just him just falling down. Like it's just it's it's, it's so great. Like it's so. I like pl- the Mario on this one. Yeah, because it's just like it's just, it was such an amazing moment. It's just a great moment, and like. So that's my favorite moment of everybody on that list, which is probably really sad because I don't even know why I think why. What even made me think of that uh, that that video existed? I don't even remember, but <laughs> I just remember I remember that on Twitter being like just mesmerizing. Like I couldn't watch it enough. Yeah, I I'd agree with you. I mean, I think it's Pretty perfect funny. to Calvin Johnson in Detroit. Yeah, that's a good video. Game over. Lions lose. That's what I see on the screen here. Yeah, yeah, game yeah. over. Okay, speaking of Hall of Famers, um, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Troy Aikman, is <laughs> been <laughs> he's been he's been in our discussions uh, lately between between you and I, Jason. So we had this interesting uh, discussion when we were texting to get you on the show, planning stuff up. You know, we just naturally start talking about sports, and we started talking about Troy Aikman and his and greatness. We and his greatness. But we also discussed the greatness of the team, and we started to put together a list of names of quarterbacks that we're going to turn into a game here. Who could win three or or one or any ring, rings, one or more rings in Dallas as a quarterback in the Troy Aikman era if it's not Troy Aikman? Any name ever, any quarterback. Who do we well, think you wins threw out, You threw out maybe the – and I'm, I'm giving you huge credit because <laughs> you said Marcus Mariota. <laughs> and for whatever reason, that – like Marcus Mariota is the most middle of the road quarterback in the history of quarterbacks. Like yep. that is because really like there are, you could almost say half of every quarterback that has ever played is better than Marcus Mariota and half of every quarterback that has ever played is worse than Marcus Mariota. Right. Is he yeah. like, yep. he is the, the midline of all oh, yeah. history of quarterbacks. So I just, Honest to God, like I actually have have a hard time beating that because that is so good. Because <laughs> obviously, like you know, I I do wonder if Kirk Cousins could have won a Super Bowl with that team because Kirk Cousins is cursed. Like the guy is right. jinxed, talent wise, way better than Troy Aikman ever was. Oh, yeah. um, but was he like you know just could he have done it? I don't know. Marcus Mariota is just such a great example. I feel like. Uh, well, I think I even said, on, I think on Twitter, I said something like Troy Aikman would have won, would have won six rings with that team. Like, because, or not, uh, 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 Tony, Tony, uh, Tony Romo would have won six. Tony Romo yeah. would have won six rings with that team. That Aikman won three because Romo was twice the quarterback that Aikman ever could have dreamed of being. Uh, he was just so much better. And I th- it's funny because I think people disregard Tony Romo. Um, for whatever reason, people love to throw Romo like, like, cause he, you know, he had some bone crushing plays too. He had some Farvesk plays where oh, yeah. you know, he drops the field goal. You know, he was holding extra or holding field goals that year. And against the Seahawks, he, uh, he fumbled the snap and he's thrown some bone crushing picks at times when they needed him. But they were, you gotta remember too, man, the Cowboys were some bad teams. Like that was literally yeah. like he was carrying those teams on his back. Yeah. Um, you know, cause look, I mean, look at what happened to, look at Des Bryant. Des Bryant. <sighs> was a great receiver and he disappears off the face of the earth when 
when uh, Tony Romo retires. Well, that's no accident. And what does yeah. that tell you? It t- I mean, it tells you a ton about what kind of quarterback Romo was, that he could turn Des Bryant, who basically, if you've watched any of the Baltimore stuff, he looks like he looks talentless now. He can't run routes. He's in bad places. He doesn't look, he doesn't look right. It's like, well, you know, think about how good Romo was. Um, uh, <laughs> didn't I ask you, I asked you, I'm looking back at our text. I asked, does Deshaun Kaiser win a ring with the nineties Cowboys? Cause yes, also just a terrible it. quarterback. Uh, and I think, do you remember this? I called into your radio show once cause I'm a huge Deshaun Kaiser defender. Like I believe, I believe Deshaun Kaiser got Cleveland Brown out of the NFL. Like he just ended up on the most cursed franchise that you can end up on. I think he was great. I think he could have been a great quarterback. I think he had all the tools and just ended up, he's going to be just like Sam Rosen where Sam Rosen just ended up in football hell. Like you end up in Arizona and then they pick a quarterback in front of you and then you go to Miami and they pick Tua and like, you can't win. Like you can't win. And, you know, so I think, uh, and then we joked around about Pax- Paxton Lynch, Paxton Lynch and Scott Tolzien. But I mean, oh, dang it. I was going to say Scott Tolzien. Scott Tolzien. Scott Tolzien was a terrible. Cor- oh, my God. I was at the game when, what did it have been? It was, I think it was Packers Bears. I was at a Packers Bears game when, when Rodgers got hurt. Yeah. Broke his collarbone. And so did whoever the, was it, uh, was Cutler the quarterback? I think Cutler got hurt. And I ended up sitting there in like sub-zero weather watching Scott Tolzien and, and one of the McDowns, McCown brothers, you know, whichever one was playing quarterback for the Bears that day. And we yeah. like left, like me and my friends just left. We're like, let's just, what are we doing here? Like, we don't have he, to be here. We just left. I can't remember if it was Scott Tolzien or somebody else, but I, I always have this vivid memory of Aaron Rodgers. He got poked in the eye. I, I, I'm going to say it's Scott Tolzien. You can correct me if I'm wrong on Twitter. Let me know. Um, but uh, I remember a backup quarterback going in to do a handoff on the one yard line and they tripped and fumbled it. <laughs> you probably, that sounds like the most Tolzien thing you could do. <laughs> what about, yeah, they... uh, what about Joe Flacco? Well, Joe Flacco won. He's won. Did he win two? Flacco's got at least one yeah. win, right? Does he have two one. wins? But those, those Ravens one. teams he's on are really good too. So I think that's yeah, why well, defensively probably... they're really good. Um, yeah. Flacco wins. He wins the same amount. Because you know what, it's actually a really good comparison between the two. Like I think that that's a really those two guys were really close. And Flacco's you, not a Hall of Famer. You see me smiling. <laughs> I have I have this list here: three names. These guys are average to maybe above average or maybe below average quarterbacks that played in the 2000 to 2010 era. And I'm going to throw it's a trio of names here. I'm going to throw them at you. <laughs> I can't wait to see your reaction to some of these names. Uh, you tell me who's more likely to win three rings on the Dallas Cowboys than the Troy Aikman era. Byron Leftwich, Chad Pennington, or David Garrard? Okay, David Garrard sucked, so he's out. <laughs> Byron Leftwich, like, actually could play a little football. Byron Leftwich could play a little bit. Do you guys yeah. ever see the video? Was it, did he blow out his knee and he finished the oh. game? Did you ever see that? Oh, boy. Oh, no, like, not gonna. They, no, no, it's terrific. It's it's so he threw they he led them to a victory with a blown either MCL or ACL in the final two minutes in a two minute drill, and he would throw a pass and he would put his arms around his his uh, tackles or his guards and they would carry him to oh the next gosh. play. Like it's a very famous like like football kind of uh, thing that happened with uh, with Leftwich. Um, when he got hurt so Leftwich was better than you think 
I know you're kind of making fun of Byron Leftwich. Chad Pennington uh, <laughs> felt like he should have been better. He felt like he 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 just seemed like a guy that should have he should have made it. Like he he just felt like a guy that should have made it, and uh, he he couldn't make it. He couldn't. He would not. Oh boy, even as like stats go, I think he I think he was really bad. I think he was really bad. So I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say you found the bottom of the barrel. Okay. I, I got to know out of Jason Fonder on the on the Dallas Cowboy quarterback list here. Hmm. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of more. I'm trying to brainstorm. By the way, the, the left which thing, the left which thing, I looked it up really quick. It was in college. He was playing for Marshall, mm. and, and he actually yeah. broke his leg. He actually broke his leg and played through a broken leg. Uh, yep. If you go on YouTube and you type it, Byron Leftwich, then the broken leg is like the first thing that comes up. Yeah, on the YouTube, they, they, so they carry him. Yeah, they carry him down the field. It's pretty yep. great. Literally carrying him around the shoulders. Yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting there. Um, I had a name. I had a name. And I lost it. Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler Ooh. easily. Jay Cutler had tons of talent. He just didn't care. Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl already. I know, but it wasn't a Trent Dilfer Super Bowl though. No. No, Dilfer would have won a couple Super Bowls that team. He was good enough so. to do it. He was a game manager. He didn't. He, Dilfer didn't make any mistakes. That's okay. that's what Aikman. I mean, that's what Aikman was good at. I mean, Aikman didn't throw any touchdowns. That's what, my whole thing to you is he never. What did I say? He threw twenty touchdowns once, one time, one time. Like he's never. They never depended on him for anything. He threw one touchdown a game. That's what he averaged. I mean, what is that? That's nothing. Thursday night, uh, the Thursday night football game. Uh, had <laughs> nothing to do with the Cowboys and Jason Fonder send, sends me a text about Troy Aikman says Patrick Mahomes is only 64 touchdown passes behind Troy Aikman and that changed after uh the Sunday night game for the Chiefs too so yeah he's, he's climbing in already yep well I think I my point was I think the other night when I was watching what so Aikman does this thing because he was doing the game he was announcing yep. the game and Aikman yep. does this back in my day thing back when I was playing or back when whenever like he had some sort of stellar career. It's like, yeah, you won some championships. You you were terrible. You're not a good quarterback. Like, don't do this back in my day stuff. Like, you were Favre, man. Yeah. You weren't Favre. Like, everybody rags on Favre for the interceptions. Like, Favre threw 5,000 touchdown passes. Aikman threw 165. And Favre threw a bunch of interceptions. Aikman threw 141. He almost had a one-for-one one ratio. Yep. He wasn't, he wasn't any good. Like, he wasn't any. I mean, he just threw short. He was he just threw those short Drew Brees swing passes that just drive you insane. Just <laughs> dink and dunk all over the field. Yeah, he was nothing. That guy was nothing special. And I think you whenever also, he does the back of my day stuff, I just lose my mind. You also backed up the Patrick Mahomes is sixty four touchdowns behind. You backed that text up with Ryan Tannehill's tied him on the on the all time list. Yes, yeah, Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan I mean, really. Tannehill. And even Tannehill played in, you know, in, in Miami in or backed Miami. up too, right? They benched him there. He didn't even yep. play for the last couple of years. And he was that a backup he? in Tennessee when he first got there to Marcus Mariota. Yeah, and everything comes back to the dead center of the universe, Marcus <laughs> <Yep>. Mariota. <laughs> <laughs> the world revolves around Marcus Mariota. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Well, do you think we should get into 
current football talk. I'm yeah. very interested to see an MVP prediction. I gave mine on the Tony G show a couple weeks back. It oh, went, who did you say? Who Who yep. is your pick? My number one overall was Patrick Mahomes. Then it went Kyler Murray, Dalvin Cook, honorable mention of Russell, Russell Wilson. So those were my top four. <sighs> Mahomes is hard to beat, right? I know. I mean, you just can't. You'd like to see someone else just for the sake of like a hot take. But I mean, logically speaking, he's running away with it. I think mm-hmm. you can get you can give some really compelling arguments to some guys, but 20, 27 touchdowns and two picks. Yeah. I mean, oh my God, right? Like it's so crazy. He's he's the only guy over three thousand yards. He throws he throws the ball a lot. I mean, Matt Ryan throws the ball a lot too, but that's because they're they're awful. But I mean, yeah. Mahomes is just so good. It's a really good pick. But so if I'm gonna make an argument for somebody. I, I get the Kyler Murray thing. I really do. I just, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. I, I just, I think, because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, by the way, I have a big problem with Kyler Murray. He is, he is a baby. Have you ever watched his games, him crying yes. on the side? Just a whining cry. I hate that It is guy. bad body language. Oh, you see that. He needs, he needs to take a Russ Wilson class of body language, right? Like Russ Wilson just yeah. plays like he's up 30 points every game. I love that guy. <laughs> um, and I'm partial to him too. I think I think I think Russ cost himself the MVP with those picks. I think I think he was well on his way. Um, mm-hmm. I think the thing that won't get accounted for very much that should is you know he he plays with a really bad offensive line and he yes. gets sacked a lot, 33 sacks. So he's been sacked three times the amount of Patrick Patrick Mahomes. So I think Russ gets some consideration, um, but. You know, the guy I would make an argument for, if you want to make like a dark horse out of nowhere argument, would this team even be in playoff contention without him? Josh Allen. Mm. He's completed 68.5% of his passes, 21 touchdowns, seven interceptions. So not a lot, not too much. Maybe, you know, a few, like he's had, he's obviously had some, Mm. um, but is that team anywhere without him? So that that's my dark horse guy. Uh, I will admit to being kind of a Josh Allen guy because I, I watched him play in college a little bit because um, he was always on like the, like the Thursday night games because then he, he, yeah. he played out West, like Wyoming mm-hmm. or whatever. Wyoming. Yeah, Wyoming. So, so yeah, I used to watch those terrible football games. And uh, dude can sling it. Like dude can sling it. He's got a cannon for an arm. He does. Super mm-hmm. fun to watch. Like that's a guy that's like really fun. Um, and it, you know, you what's really interesting too is if I'm not mistaken, the Bills are in prime time, like five straight weeks coming up. And don't discount that kind of stuff, right? Because right. because right. all of a sudden you're watching, you're gonna start. Because I mean, how many Bills games have, have the three of us watched, right? Like, I mean, if you watched one, I probably have mm. watched one. I think one, two, two. two yeah, three? and I don't think I've watched like that closely. I think I've just kind of like one of those flipping through, and you know, sure enough, there's there's the Bills, and I'll watch a little bit of it. But it's not like you tune in to like Bills football, right? You're not going out of your way. Correct. So this week they play the Chargers. Then they play Monday night San Francisco. Sunday night Pittsburgh. He, let's just say Sunday night Pittsburgh week fourteen, and Pittsburgh is twelve and zero. Yep. Let's just say he beats them. How do you? I mean, how do you not give him some run, right? right. You got to give yeah. him some run, don't you? 
Yeah. If he goes in there and beats the Steelers on the 13th of, by the way, that'll be fantasy football playoff week one for everybody. And if that Ooh. guy goes in and just takes apart the Steelers defense, like that's real interesting, right? Like, yes, he slays that team. You have to almost think that he gets a little bit of publicity from that. Um, so that that's my that's my kind of dark horse. I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm going to go with the Bills QB. I'm going to go with Josh Allen. Okay, I like that. Just to add on to the, I, I like the perspective and the, and the hypothetical of if Josh Allen is on the Seahawks instead of Russell Wilson. The thing that I would say, yeah, Josh <laughs> Allen has a, has a good arm. The thing I'd say, though, is I think Russell Wilson has a better deep ball. I mean, have you seen some of the deep balls he throws right? Bread basket, yeah. 60 yards down the field. I mean, the guy throws it almost through the stadium and plops it right into the receiver's arms. I mean, Russell Wilson is one of the best deep ballers in the NFL right now, especially. Okay, but let's just take and, and this is this is hard for me because you know I'm a Seahawks guy. Um, yep. So this part's going to be a little tough for me, but it's okay. Uh, let's take Rodgers and you put him on the Seahawks. Oh, that's what I, I was going to say. Like, how good is he on that team? If you Josh Allen, yeah. I still think of how good is that team? Yeah. I mean, I mean, Rodgers though. The thing with him is when he's under pressure he kind of loses his stride a little bit. And that's when things start to go downhill for him. You saw it in Tampa Bay when he's under pressure. I think that's his, his weak point, And that's something that he'd get a lot in, in Seattle. Yeah. But the thing that, so Rogers, have, okay. Two schools of thought is does Russ get sacked because he holds the ball too long. Like that's one of the arguments you can make because he holds the ball forever. Right. Because a Seahawk fan, I sit and scream, throw the ball like the entire time I'm watching a game just over and over and over. Think about like having Rogers who makes quick decisions, having DK Metcalf, having Lockett, uh, DJ Moore is no slouch. Like, you know, Greg Olson before he got hurt. Like that's a lot of targets. Mm -hmm. Like you guys watch week in and week out Rogers win games with, I mean, practice squads and does skill yep. you know scandling like these guys are awful these guys like are not they're not wrong. pro level receivers and he's playing nope. with them and you know i so it makes me wonder if if rogers went to a place where he had like those kind of receivers like how good he would be i mean the counter argument too is like that rogers is just getting older too and it, i don't i don't know exactly how he would be because like i watched that brady game last night and brady looked washed last night oh, looked terrible and he's got he's got rough. receivers for days on that team well mm-hmm. really good offensive line and i mean he looked he looked pathetic last night so and and i was gonna say too if like if josh allen is in the mvp discussion right now too along with russell wilson then you would be joking to not have aaron Rodgers in there too just based on the stats at yeah least i think right now I, yeah i think he gets in there too um you know i think there's an interesting game thursday night i think if pittsburgh wins again and they're 11 and 0 and um you know, Roethlisberger is 24 touchdowns, five picks, 2,500 yards. And mm-hmm. he's probably going to throw for 4,000 yards and then 38 touchdowns. Yeah, like, definitely uh, comeback player of the year. What if they go, well, yeah, what exactly. if they go six, what if they go 15 and one? What if the Steelers go 15 and one? Like, could very well happen. I, yeah. I mean, you got it. You got to look at them then, right? Yes. You would. I would, I would think so. Chase Claypool would be a rookie of the year too out of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I mean, their next games. So they play the Ravens Thursday and the Ravens have, they have, they they have so many problems right now because everybody's oh, yeah. tested positive for the virus now, so yes. everybody's out. Yep. So 
let's just say that's a win, right? I think they're going to win that game. Steelers win that game, right? 11 and 0. They play yep. the Red, they're the old, formerly uh, known as the Redskins, the Washington football team. They beat them, right? They're terrible. Mm-hmm. Of course. They play the Bills. Let's just hold on to that game. Yep. They play the Bengals, who no longer have a quarterback. They win that mm-hmm. game, right? They play the Colts at home. Which should be a tough one. Yep. And then they play the Browns. So I see two losses possible. So they're going to yeah. go 14 and two. I, I've been saying to Tony that the Steelers have the easiest schedule. And I, I don't want to, I mean, I'm not harping on the Steelers, but they're the one team. I don't really necessarily believe their record yeah. shows their true potential. Well, yeah. Cause you could totally, like, if you watch that Colts game, like you could, you could make a real strong argument for the Colts going to Pittsburgh in the second week of the playoffs and, and beating them. Right. Yep. I mean, like, I think that there's enough talent in, in some of these teams in the AFC. I mean, um, I'd be really curious to see like what Derrick Henry would do against them in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I, I still think even if the Steelers have the one seat, I still think the chiefs go there and beat them. I don't believe in them either, but it's a regular season award. And the Mm -hmm. MVP, if you're, if you're on a 14 and two team and you're the quarterback of that team and you throw less 10 picks and you're over 35 touchdowns, you know, it's how don't you look? I mean, yeah, but I mean, you know, and then you're going to have, you're going to have Mahomes is going to have similar numbers to that. Um, yeah. Cause they'll, they'll probably be around that same thing, 13 and three, 14 and two. So uh, I think it's fun to kind of make a case for some of these guys that are coming because there, there's some real interesting players out there, even like Delvin cook. I mean, if somehow the Vikings get in the playoffs and he runs for 2000 yards after missing a couple of games, Oh, he's going to run for 1600, right? He'll run this is something. Well, yeah, him and probably uh, Henry too. Yeah. I, I want to ask you, uh, this is something that uh, your son, Sam Fonder, a friend of the show, talks about a lot, is running backs and second contracts or MVP looks. He's a big advocate for running backs. Are you on the same spectrum there? Do you think – I mean, we talked about this in, in, prepar- in preparing for the Tony G Show – that the MVP has become a quarterback award the last we pulled it up. So. Yeah, we pulled it up. Yep. We looked a at running some back of the has to have a has to have a historical season to get it. Yes. So does that mean Dalvin Cook is probably a sure out for MVP, or do you think he still has a chance? If they were winning, but they're not. You yeah. know, that's the thing is, even if they get in the playoffs, they're getting a seven. Like they're yep. they're going to climb in because I don't. You know, like by the way, your guy Kyler Murray, like he's going to be one of three teams that fighting for what four spots right like because you have yeah. four division winners and then you have three extra spots so it's yep. four total spots in those three teams because they get their division win and then the three others and i don't know like what your thoughts were on that on that rams team last night they look scary at, they look they look both ill-prepared because they they take bad penalties and yep. golf golf has a magic arm and a there's a movie like i think it's uh bull durham where he says you have a million dollar arm and a two cent head or whatever and i think yeah. that that is like golf just looks like a deer in the headlights but when he sees a receiver open boy yep. he, he throws he throws a ball right and then all that motion they run yes. um, all that kind of stuff like that's real scary scary kind of stuff and th- so to me like are the Vikings like a better team than any of the three of those Seahawks already have a win on them, right? Seahawks beat them yeah. straight up. So yep. they won't win that tiebreaker even. Um, I don't know how Delvin cook can get an MVP discussion if they're eight and eight. 
Yeah. How do you yeah. win MVP when you're eight and eight? I don't know. I, I that's the thing. If you're twelve and four, it's a whole different ball game. They just they just lost games they should have won. And if and that happens, is Mike Zimmer out? They really like him. They really they like the guy, you know, yeah. and the um, approval is to the roof. Yeah, it's really yeah. they really trust him. And uh I I kind of think he stays. I kind of think they give him one more year. I yeah, you know, I I I I think they see it one more year because there's going to be, though there's always like eight vacancies and I, I don't know that Minnesota's a prime job. Yeah. Like, and I think if you're the owner, you got to see that too. It's an okay job. I mean, you got Delvin cook and he's great. And you got, and I know like there's so much hate for Kirk cousins. He's a perfectly good quarterback. He's, he's a top 10 quarterback yeah. in the NFL. He just, um, he's just snake bit. Sometimes their defense isn't very good. Isn't, isn't even they're losing players now and they've had some bad drafts and all that they're kind of inexperienced stuff. too they're inexperienced yeah. i i don't know i don't know that that's a great job and i think that they like you know if zimmer kind of rallies this out and he gets to eight and eight after they were really bad uh i think that almost earns him another shot but yeah. i think those other teams are are so much better uh the playoffs are going to be super interesting because did you did you guys watch that game last night like the yep. tampa bay game do you know how many times tampa bay put a player in motion last night did you hear the stat? I did not mm-hmm. hear the stat. They ran 70 plays last night. They put players in motion six times. Wow. Six. You know how many play actions they ran? That's Five. insane. That's insane. That's it, actually- it, uh, what's his name? Dan Orlovsky, the guy on ESPN, he called it He called it coaching malpractice. By the way, I think, <laughs> speak about going like full circle, I think their offensive coordinator is Byron Lefwich. It is, yep. Because <laughs> they were saying this yes. morning, like, like I was listening to some guys say, like, how do you not fire Leftwich this morning? Like, it's criminal what he is. And doing especially right. going against a team like the Rams, where their whole thing is motions and and misconceptions, fooling the defense under Sean it's McVay. It's crazy to watch. Like, it is insane. Mm-hmm. And I know Green Bay does it too, because you know uh, Lafleur kind of like runs that same sort of scheme. It's kind of the way the NFL's going. And when yes. you have an old mm-hmm. dude playing quarterback, how are you not doing play action? You have an old dude as a coach, an old dude as the offensive coordinator, and an old dude playing quarterback. And they want to win their way. And it's like, yep. you know, so they're not stubborn. they're not going to adapt. Yeah, they're stubborn. They're not going to adapt to the way the NFL is going. I mean, my God, we watched a tight end win at quarterback this weekend with, with the Saints. Like, weird stuff is going on. And this team just wants to stay rigid. And, you know, so I, the playoffs are going to be really interesting. Because, I mean, at the same time, if the Vikings get in and they're a seven seed, and they have to travel to Tampa Bay. I, th- I think they win that game. Oh yeah. I think the Vikings win that game. I mean, do you really trust Tampa Bay to like win three straight games? They, yeah, they beat the hell out of Green Bay, but I watched them play two pretty terrible football games in the last three weeks. With that old school style of offense, where they're not motioning guys or not trying to fool a defense, Mike Zimmer's going to sniff that out in the first quarter. Oh my god, agree. that's you know, it's just such a bad. You know, it's it's funny to think like, what if the Cowboys limp in the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, couldn't the Cowboys get <laughs> the Cowboys as a seven seed travel to the two seed Tampa? Can't you see them winning that game? They could totally win that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yes have a great no. running back. Yeah. You have a great defense. You have nobody else. But you have, a, I mean, <laughs> you have and you have a, a coach that knows how to win. I mean, Mike yeah. knows how to win. Like, Playoff I, experience. So, you know, I think everybody's. And even the Rams, if the Rams don't win that division, if Seattle wins that division and the Rams go in as a six seed or something like that's, that by the way, is where, when you start to talk about like the, 
the NFL in the playoffs this year, when you have no crowd on your side, empty yeah. Lambeau field in January, anybody can come here. And when, yep. and the thing that's scary, that would scare me more than anything as a Packer fan after watching that game last night, is you sure as hell don't want it to be the Rams. I don't want, I wouldn't want the Rams I, here and I wouldn't want the Cardinals here. I got a lot of faith in them from that game last night. That might sound weird, but like I, and more confident in them now after that game, even though they lost, Was I have Green a lot Bay? of confidence. Yeah. I have a lot of, I don't yeah. know why I just see a lot of similarities between their 2010 team. And even though I know it's like in terms of talent, it's the 2010 team is head and shoulders above this yeah. team, but I see well, a yeah. lot of similarities Defense in terms of so momentum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. yeah. Way better. But you know, it's I, a, yeah. It, the hard part is I really, uh, I don't understand how this team didn't get another receiver. Like, I mean, it's, and I know it's like the thing, it's just a, it's just beating a dead dog. And I'm sure you guys have talked about this ad nauseum at this point, but (laughs) how the hell did they not take a receiver? I mean, it's so, it's so mind blowing. Like, and I, yes, I mean, regardless of what you think of Jordan Love, and I think Jordan Love's going to be an awful quarterback, but I, I think he is not, he is not made to play NFL football. Okay. If Deshaun Kaiser can't, Deshaun Kaiser went to a real college and played real, pro, <laughs> played real football. Sure. Uh, and he couldn't hack it. Uh, Brett Hundley, for that matter. Um, and he was like a seventh round pick. I mean, Hundley, UCLA, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't believe in quarterbacks that play nowhere. And that dude played nowhere. Sure. Um, I mean, even Rodgers, you can say what you want about like Rodgers coming up and was he like, you know, left late in that first round? Well, he played for Cal. Like he played, yeah. he played Stanford, he played Arizona State, he played Arizona, he played Washington, Washington State, USC, and UCLA that year. He played some good talent. You know, even Russell Wilson transferring to Wisconsin did a lot for his resume as well after <laughs> NC State. NC State? Yeah, NC State, that was a good yeah. transfer for him, yeah, just yeah. to prove your point. So I think, I mean, how they don't take a receiver right there, especially when there were guys on the board. Um, yeah. All draft, boy. there was guys on the board. All oh. draft. And even in this, you know, I, I'm not saying you had to go get like, like a – you know, I'm not even sure who is all available at the deadline, but you know, like I, I, like even for me, like watching Baltimore sign Des, like how did how is he never here? How yeah. did they not bring him in just to run him through? How did they not give? Did you see Antonio Brown last night? Just he looks experiment. like yeah. he looks like old Antonio Brown. He looks he looks good. terrible. Well, I thought he looked good on routes. Oh, really? Yeah, he looks. He's running good routes. He 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 looks old, but he looks like good. He's running good routes. You know, it doesn't hurt that he's playing the opposite of Gronk and uh, mm-hmm. um, Mike Evans, Godwin right? Like and, the, the, yeah. That doesn't kill you, right? Godwin, yeah. uh, or Godwin too. I mean, he's playing with you know three you know just superstar talents. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rogers is thrown nobody, and he's hanging yes. in there. I'm I'm a little That's... surprised they haven't done some some sort of Who's the guy that, that was a receiver that they played at running back that year? Ty Montgomery. Oh, Ty Montgomery. Ty yeah. Montgomery. I'm a little surprised they haven't done the opposite with Williams, the running back, and just throw him <laughs> out. At, just give him a number in the 80s and put him out at receiver. Because you're kind of just to a point it. where, like, aren't you willing to just try anybody at this point? Like, because, yeah. oh, my God. Like, I mean, MVS is trash. He is not a good I – mean, I know that they have faith in him, but you guys, he can't play. I mean, Robert Tanya. Your second best option, and uh, he's been playing pretty good. Yeah, I know, but see, but you're talking yourself into these guys because it's all you got, and it's the opposite of that is like, you know, there are receivers that are drafted all over the place that you should have gotten, and 
like, I just find that so frustrating. Like as somebody I, who yeah. lives here, like how they didn't get that right to me is will always be, uh, it'll always be mind just mind boggling to me how they missed it. And Tony and I have always talked about this and I know Tony knows my, what I'm going to say here, but like as a green Bay fan, like, or not a green Bay fan, but just knowing, like, I like to see them, like they're really trying to find their next quarterback. And I know that like we have Aaron, it's Aaron freaking Rogers. Like he's got one of the best talents of a quarterback we've seen ever, but mm-hmm. so if Jordan love isn't their guy, then like, Oh, well, like move on to the next quarterback. They're not going to find their themselves in a situation or at least less likely to, where Aaron Rodgers retires and then they throw in Scott Tolzien and that backup quarterback. And they're like, sure. here's the next, here's the next coming of Aaron Rodgers. So a little bit of give and take there. And I know it's like, it's sometimes hard to accept, especially for Packer fans to think that Rodgers time is kind of coming to an end. And that was an abrupt sign of that. Yeah. I guess. But I, I will say like, it was a deep quarterback draft where like, you know, Jalen Hurts went 53. Um, you had Eason go late uh ash wabanon's own james morgan uh, yep. uh jacob eason james morgan like you had quarterbacks go in the middle to late part of the draft that i think were available like to me like if i was looking at so you just pull up the draft in general like you guys watched the game this weekend michael mm-hmm. Pittman was a second round pick yep michael Pittman was picked 10 picks after jordan love like that could be your number two receiver right now you could well, have traded down you could have traded down out of the yeah. 26 you could have picked up two second rounders you could have burned one of them on jalen hurts if you wanted a quarterback of the future and you could have taken chase claypool who went 49th in the draft yes there was that's where it's like so mind-blowing to me that they didn't you could have addressed a couple of needs you could have gotten a couple of things because you didn't i mean do do you guys really believe love is like that much better than jalen hurts I mean, no, I just think if that's their guy, I I don't know. I can't, I can't tell you right now, but I know I can tell you right now, Tony. (laughs) He's not Jalen Hurts, man. He's not. Okay. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. They should go to Jalen Hurts over (laughs) Philadelphia, but nonetheless, I feel like even if they wanted to wait for the second and third round to take a wide receiver, just to get some sort of help at all, Patrick queen linebacker out of LSU went to pick after green Bay picked and he is the rookie leader in tackles in yep. Baltimore. And he looks good. Yeah, he's a good player. Well, even Edwards Hilaire, the running back, goes 32. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gladney, the, t- the uh, cornerback, goes after. Like, there's players, I think. And th- I think that's where it gets frustrating. Because, like, Will, to your point, like, this is a team that looks like they could win. Like, the, the Green Bay has, like, this look and feel. Like, when you watch them, like, I was a little surprised they didn't win that game. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the Colts are really good. And they went in there and they gave them a really good game. And uh, I was a little surprised. I was like, oh, you know, because – and the reason I was surprised is because Green Bay has this kind of feeling like they sh- they can win this. Like yeah. they can win – they're going to win the division, right? Division's already won, so they got a top four. Is it locked be, up? It's close, right? they got to be a two-game lead. Well, I mean, the, if they beat the Bears this week, it's done, then right? It's, okay. So you have a bit of a playoff kind of atmosphere Sunday night in Lambeau where if they win that game, I don't know how, I don't know how anybody comes back. So let's just say they win that game and they're, they're playoff bound, they're top four seed. The thing I think that's frustrating to me to look at that team, like, I know what you're saying. If love is your guy for the future, it's the right decision. But right. as somebody who lived through the farm era and saw us just, just waste it at the end, 
like just wasted it. Because like, mm-hmm. even the year that they took Rodgers, like, yeah, you know, it's like great, but I mean, Favre and Rodgers have won two total Super Bowls. It's a crime. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolute crime. And I, so you look at Rodgers and it's like, yeah, the, yeah, he's getting older, but it's, it's a different era. These guys are playing forever. Mm-hmm. You know? And Rodgers, like those couple of seasons he misses, like he didn't miss seasons because he shredded his knees or he sh- blew out his shoulder. He broke his left collarbone a couple of times. Like he's, yeah. he's a young 36. He's going to be just fine. You got four years on that dude. Like the thing I think that is frightening to me about the Jordan love pick that eventually is going to come up is like, if they're going to have to part ways with Rogers, eventually, like if they're going to have to do that, we know something about Rogers, which is he loves revenge. And if you mm-hmm. don't think he's going to go to the, if you, if, is there any worse scenario than him no. running out of, you know what I'm going to say, right? Don't I'm say not it. even going to say the Vikings because there's a worse scenario than the Vikings. Bears. That's him running out of him running wearing a Bears number twelve uniform. Oh my god! Would be the most disgusting thing you've ever seen in your life, right? Like oh. the only thing, like the only thing I can even like, I mean, him in a Cowboys uniform playing for McCarthy after we all thought they hated each other. Like they let Dak <laughs> walk next year. They let Dak walk and they throw a couple of first rounders and whatever, and the Packers take it. And there you have Rogers playing for Mike down in Dallas. Like tell me you wouldn't just puke, just yeah. puke. Like that's the oh. thing I think that. I, I just feel like they kind of blew it. Like they had these opportunities to, to take playmakers that for whatever reason they decided not to. I mean, you know, I talked myself into the AJ Dillon pick a little bit. I thought he would be better. Oh, I think well, he hasn't had pick, the touches. They, they don't, they don't give him his touches. Just but why yet. not? What are they doing? Why well, they not? They have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I guess they feel why like. Take I, him? But why take <laughs> him? They're going to let Jones walk. Know. That's why. You think, do you they're going to let Jones walk? Yeah, I, I think thought that's, they, they, that's probably why they haven't resigned them yet. Yeah, the Bakhtiari signing, I think, was probably the the you know writing on yeah, the wall. Writing on the wall. Very yeah. indicative of what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm just looking at the Packers draft. Can you guys tell me who Josiah Josiah DeGuara is? Does he play? Tight end. He got hurt. Oh, he's hurt. Good okay. Good blocking tight end. That's that was a big loss. Okay, sorry. I don't even. That's how little I watch. Uh, I, I follow Packer football. Uh, I hated that like pitch the from depths. the second they announced it. The he second. played good, though. He played really good. Oh. Tony, go watch his film. He oh, played really I well. Need to watch he watch film. They didn't need a tight end here. Go watch they the had Jay Sternberger, Robert Tanyan. They didn't need a tight end. They needed they, a wide receiver. Right. They but needed if, if, defensive help, too. A receiver can catch the ball, though. I mean, and the fact that he laid down, he laid down the first block he laid down was better better than any block Jimmy Graham laid down his entire time in Green Bay. Okay, yeah. Well, that's also because Jimmy Graham was, um, I mean, nothing. That's an upgrade. That's an upgrade. But I'm just, you could say that, but he's still not like the number one, even if he was healthy. Yeah. So I'm just looking uh, at the guys they should have picked. There's just, there's guys. I mean, I just think that I just, I think the thing that's just mesmerizing is how you think that receiving crew is going to be all right. Like that's the weird part for me. You had to know, right? You had to know. Well, they pick, they I mean, yeah, not getting uh, or what's his face opting out for the season was. I mean, he wasn't probably going to be. Oh, a, I forgot. Him. Funches, on his, Funches. Funches. Funches probably wasn't going to be an all star, but I mean, that's you know more depth you're just losing right there. So. At least he was an NFL receiver, which is more than you got, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a little surprised okay. there are more guys on the on the street um, that they that they haven't signed or whatever. I just. 
because it just seems like that would be like a receiver kind of thing like you could just dig receivers out of nowhere but Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i think that that's going to be the that's going to be their achilles heel because i think you're going to you've seen some teams do it i think that the thing that's interesting about the nfl is that you see the top 10 teams all prepare like they're in the playoffs already and i think that's really interesting to see because i think i think they all know that all you have to do is take Devontae adams out of the game and i think that the thing is is they're not doing it on purpose. I think that's very purposeful when they let Devontae beat them because I think come playoff time, they start shoving him at the line. They, you know, you check him up and uh, you can change that game a little bit. But yeah, I think, you know, the, the Rodgers thing is going to be very interesting uh, long term. I just think short term, I, don't know, I they have a good team and I think they, they wasted that pick. Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe yeah. I'll maybe 15 years from now I'll eat my words on that. Maybe Love is going to be the third in the line of these guys and well, be really yeah. good. I just you know, and even if he isn't, then like they they have another chance at another guy. I guess is my my seat on it or my my viewpoint. I'm not happy with the pick. I'd rather have it be a offensive weapon, but <laughs> if that's not well, your yeah, guy, I w- then oh, wow. I would too. I mean, I would too. But at the same time, it's like. If you're gonna take a chance on receive on quarterbacks, I've always felt that should come later. Like it should come like if like you know like the Jets taking Morgan in the fourth. Like what are you really giving up a fourth round right. pick? Yeah, uh, the first round pick is I mean that's talent. And you kind of missed on two picks, and you're still gonna win your division. So it tells you how yeah. good you could have been. Because I mean, I, I, yeah. and maybe AJ Dillon are, is gonna be a long term win, but right now it's a miss. Like guys aren't giving you anything, so you yeah. can't count that as like you can't count that as a win right now. Um, but I mean, I think the talent in the NFC is so good. Whoever comes out of that, whoever wins the NFC and gets to the Super Bowl is going to have to run the gauntlet. And those are, mm-hmm. there's going to be, I mean, there's going to be one really awful team in the playoffs. Whoever wins the NFC East, it's going to be a bad team. But the other six teams are going to be pretty good football teams. You know, and we've even talked about the Saints and they're, that defense is pretty good now. And Camara Kam- is special. Guy's crazy good. Correct. Oh, yeah. 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 He's fun to watch. Yeah, and it's a good offensive system in in New Orleans. But uh, I think we've covered all our bases here. We're all up to date on the Jason Finder takes on the sports world. The you can always Major count League on me to have an opinion, Tony. Balance. You can always count yeah. on me to have an opinion. I, I do not. Oh, I know. Yeah, very rarely do I have like a neutral opinion about somebody or yeah. something. Mar- apparently, Marcus Mariota is the only thing I have no opinion on. <laughs> I think he is neither good nor bad. He is just Marcus Mariota. That's it. He, yep, he just exists. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, I think that'll that'll do it for uh, Jason Fonder. Thanks for coming around again on the Tony G Show. We look forward to the future here. And uh, you and the Tony G Show will have you on again in season six. You know, we always say it's our goal at least once at least once a season. So thanks for coming around. You bet. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy Thanksgiving to both of you. Oh, same to you. All right, well, there we have it. Good old, uh, good old buddy of ours, Jason Fonder. Mm-hmm. Always a good time. That was that was a good conversation. I, I really look forward to having him on in the future, and uh, I look forward to the to the future of the Tony G Show. Before we wrap up season five, wow. Well, one more thing to do, and we got to recap my my most recent batch of picks of the week. Tony G picks of the week. I came into this week sixteen and fourteen. Dangerous record going into this week. My last four weeks, I went four and one. Then four and one, then two and three, then two and three. It hit a brick wall after going eight and two in my last ten a couple weeks ago, and so I was sixteen and fourteen. I needed a good week to end over five hundred. 
And I just, I, I did that. I Good week. I went 3-2. and two. Let's get into the games in specifics here. Uh, Thursday night, Cardinals 6-3, and three, Seahawks 6-3. and three. I picked the Cardinals. I got off to a rough start. I should have known better after this game concluded. I got back, and I was like, why would I pick the Cardinals? <laughs> it's hard to win a di- against a division team twice. It's hard to sweep them two times yeah, in the season. Yeah, it's very hard. And the Seahawks were at home. I mean, they just played a little bit better and a little bit quicker. So the they, they got the... It wasn't a blowout win, though, for the Seahawks, nope. though. I mean, 28-21, the Seahawks yeah. victory over the Cardinals. So it was a good game, close game. Tony G regrets the pick. But nonetheless, 16-15 and 15, heading into Sunday. How about a clean sweep of Sunday? You remember a few weeks back, I didn't win a single game on Sunday? Mm-hmm. Here we are, a, cl- a clean sweep. Sunday, Titans 6-3 and three at Ravens 6-3. and three. The Ravens were favorited in this game. And it was a really good game, actually, it turned out to be. I had Tennessee picked the last meeting before before Sunday. Their last meeting was in the playoffs where Tennessee won 28-12, kind of the upset victory. And so I thought, well, why not a repeat here? at In Baltimore, uh, the Ravens are kind of reeling off that loss in New England. I picked the Titans, and they won 30-24. Sunday, 3-30, Packers 7-2, our wheelhouse, in Indianapolis to face the Colts 6-3, who were favorited. And I had to pick the Colts. I was right. 34-31. I wasn't right by much, another, but I was another right. Another really close game. Really good game. It was a close game. Overtime, 34-31 victory for the Colts. It was a good game. Close game. Uh, a lot of mistakes for the Packers is what killed them. Mm-hmm. Four turnovers, three fumbles, and a pick from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, actually, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, still threw a couple touchdowns, though. Right, right. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I mean, the turnovers right. is what killed them. Right. The fumbles. The, I mean, the fumble on the first drive, the snap exchange, Rodgers. Then there was a fumble with Darius Shepard on a kick return. That can't happen. MVS's fumble that we all know about. Yeah. So, I mean. Which is like his first fumble in like, or like ever, I think. Right. Well, which is. Yeah. Part of that's because he doesn't get the ball much as true. it is. But he did have a couple big plays in that game. Nonetheless, Colts got the win over the Packers who had a lot of unimpressive mistakes in that game. Sunday night, Chiefs 8-1 in Las Vegas to face the Raiders 6-3. and I had the Chiefs picked. And uh, they, they did come out victorious, 35-31. Uh, the Raiders gave them a run for their money. Oh, yeah. Remember, they're, the Chiefs only lost this season. They're now 9-1. and one, Came against the Raiders, uh, that 40-32 to 32 victory. And the Raiders gave them a good run for their money again, as I mentioned. But nonetheless, Chiefs did come out a clean sweep, 3-0 and on Sunday for Tony G. And they were all close games, too. I mean, there weren't really any blowouts really good on games. Sunday. You know, you know, we try to do that here at the Tony right. G Show. Pick the good games. Pick it's a genuine games. record. Yes. Yep. You're not you're not playing the Steelers record. I'm earning it. Oh, whoops. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Shades has been thrown by Will McCormick to the Pittsburgh Steelers who are now 10 and 0 after a good week. Okay, so Monday night, Rams 6 and 3, Buccaneers 7 and 3. I thought the Buccaneers were going to win. I've really been jumping on their bandwagon, but when they lose, they lose bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, you remember that loss against New Orleans? It was just bad 38-3, yep. wasn't even close. Then this Monday night game, it was close, 27-24, the Rams win, but you know, the Buccaneers, I feel like, had a couple chances as I bumped something here in the Tony G Studios. I feel like the Buccaneers had a couple chances to win that game, especially uh, two minutes left to go. Tom Brady has the ball, and he throws an interception. So, two, He threw re- two really bad interceptions yes. that game. Like They were both ducks. Like 10 yards over the receiver's head. I mean, yep. really kind of a shocking performance for such a comeback artist. Someone who is known for being clutch. He couldn't come up clutch on Monday. The Rams played him pretty well and got the victory 27-24. Three and two in the last batch of Tony G picks of the week until not next season because there's no football in season six, mm-hmm. but season seven 
and the Tony G Show, which will be next fall. Just crazy. Say goodbye to Tony G Picks of the Week for a while. Say next I, fall. Next fall. So I end this season 19 and 16, Will. I did some math. I crunched some numbers before the show yeah. here. I saw you do it. Yeah, yep. I was uh, grinding with my, my calculator here that mm-hmm. I have in uh, Tony G Studios. I found out that overall, through the three seasons that we've done Tony G Picks of the Week, three out of the five seasons so far, I ended up 77 and 47. 30 games over 500. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. A win percentage of uh, 62%. I'm just saying. Uh, we're going to get that up to about 99, 98% mm-hmm. range next season when I go undefeated. You're going perfect the rest of your season here. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Enough of the tweaking out here. Tony G picks of the week comes to an end. As does, Will, season five. Crazy. Went by really fast. Uh, the tissues are right here if you need yeah, them. Yeah, I've been using a couple already. Yeah. Season five comes to an end and the Tony G show. I look forward to season six. We're going to have 100 episodes in the Tony G show. I, I mean... We're going to hit it. Unbelievable. We're going to hit it. 13 episodes into season six. We're going to have 100 episodes of the Tony G show. Man, oh man. It's going to be a good one. It gives me chills just thinking about it. I yeah. mean, that's awesome. 100 episodes of the Tony G show. I look forward to that. We've been I look forward to things. next season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I look forward to working with you again, Will. Oh, yeah. I always look forward to it. It's a good time. The Joy Taylor to my Colin Coward. The... Jelly to my peanut butter. The guy who's been around for a while. You only missed one episode this uh, only one this season. Yes. Not bad. Yep. We're going I'm going perfect next semester too. Okay. I'll put it in your contract. I'm, for I'm aiming season. for it. Yep. When we restructure. Oh, by the way, I need more money. Okay. Yeah. Ah. I figured this season this season signing bonus would hold you off. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I mean, we need to restructure my contract, I think. Okay, Supermax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Plus I want a new host. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. We'll get, uh, um, we'll, we'll, we'll reach out. Yeah. Tony G Studios will reach out and find a host for you. For the Tony <laughs> G Shoe. All right. Hopefully next season we're back in the studio at SNC Radio. So. I mean, I, I've enjoyed doing it this way, but mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of takes the... Professionalism the, feeling kind well, of? We're still professional. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just the genuinity. Yeah. That a word? I guess I didn't mean professionalism, but just like, it feels like, okay, we're in the studio. Yeah. You yep. know? And you're out of time. It's live. Right. Uh, the Tony G Show this season isn't live, but it doesn't mean we don't take about the same professionalism. Mm-hmm. Don't, we don't take about the same effort because, you know, Will and I, I mean, we're serious. Right. Through and through. No personality. We're dressed up all the time. Yep. <laughs> like you guys can't, you would, there's no way you guys would know that, but I mean, nope. Tony and I are in little business suits right now, so. Yes. Yep. I am uh, wearing a fedora as well. Yeah, he is. It's pretty cool. Yep. All right. All right. <laughs> Enough of this. That'll wrap up Season 5. Thanks to everyone for listening, for supporting the show. One last time, follow me on Twitter at Tony G for Days. Follow Will on Twitter at Willis5312. Follow the Tony G Show at The Tony G Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, binge watch all 25. After this episode, this episode is getting uploaded as we conclude here shortly. So as this episode gets uploaded, it will have 25 episodes of the tony g show going back to season four and uh, we'll look forward to prepping for season six uh we'll see you then will any last words no just looking forward to next season yep have a good winter break my friend have yeah, a good christmas too. thanksgiving uh have a good football watch i mean all of it <laughs> i'll uh we're missing a lot we'll have a lot to talk about when we come back at shows are going to be popping out like flies mm-hmm. we'll have so much content ready for you tony g nation so thanks again will i'll see you in february and uh for for everyone here at tony g studios 
Thank you, Tony G Nation. We'll uh, see you in season six.